Hi, welcome back to Entrepreneur Island. I really do appreciate you listening. In this episode, we're going to talk about the two mistakes just about every entrepreneur and small business owner makes when hiring employees. And then we're going to talk about the Losada line or the positivity ratio. It's a ratio that tells us the positive to negative interactions necessary to make a corporate team successful. The positive to negative interactions necessary to make your team successful. And also what the ratio is at which teams produce their very best work. It's very interesting. And then lastly, we're going to talk about an entrepreneur who's trapped on Entrepreneur's Island and desperately wants to get off. She needs your help, and we're going to share her story, and we're looking for your advice. So let's get started. The two biggest mistakes most entrepreneurs and business owners make when hiring employees. Let me tell you a little story about a company that was growing very rapidly. In this company, there was an intern who was hired to help primarily in the accounting and admin functions. And at times when he had additional spare time on his hands, he would help the owner doing other tasks, primarily helping the owner do some purchasing. Now, up to this point, the owner would do all of the purchasing. But as the company grew, the owner recognized he needed to get some help with the purchasing function. He just couldn't do it all anymore. And fortunately for the owner, he realized that this intern was graduating in the spring, which was around that same time. And even though this intern was graduating with a business and marketing degree, the owner decided, because this intern had a great attitude and was doing a fine job, to hire the intern as a full-time purchasing agent. And of course, the intern, other than helping the owner do a little purchasing here and there, the intern had no experience, had no training, and almost immediately, the intern now turned full-time purchasing agent, began to fail. And the owner was very frustrated because of the countless times the material wasn't purchased in time for manufacturing, which then slowed down the manufacturing process, which then caused the company to ship consistently late, which eventually was the reason why the company lost some customers. Now, the owner was extremely unhappy and was considering firing this now full-time purchasing agent and asked for my help. So when I came in to help, I discovered there were several problems, but the most blaring problem was one of the two biggest mistakes an entrepreneur 
and small business owner makes when hiring employees. He never created a job description for that employee. Now, the job description is important for two reasons. First, it allows the employee to understand what's expected of him or her. And second, and believe me, more importantly, it allows the owner to understand what's expected of the employee. And this is the failure. You see, part of the problem with not having job descriptions with owners is that owners are not very good at communicating what they're thinking. Because, again, think about it. The entrepreneur, the small business owner, uh, as they grew the business, it was all them. They didn't need to communicate. They were doing everything. And they were doing it real well. And it worked great. But unfortunately, when you bring in other people, you need to communicate. And that first step to communication is the job description. So the intern turned purchasing agent and I immediately put together a job description. And that intern turned purchasing agent began to succeed almost immediately. And now years later, this purchasing agent is a, is a superstar at the company. The owner l- loves this guy and is thrilled to have him there. So it all started with a job description, something as simple and easy as a job description. Now, I see this lack of job description, especially in the real small companies, the companies where they're just hiring the first or second or third employee. I see it all the time. And that is, again, the failure of the owner is that they don't understand the need to communicate and tying that with something as simple as a job description. It's so important to add job descriptions to everybody that works with you right from the beginning because without job descriptions, then many other problems occur. And that brings us really into the second mistake which this owner made. The second mistake that most entrepreneurs and small business owners make when hiring employees is the failure to create organizational charts. So again, the same owner uh, who did not have the job descriptions And again, when you have three or four or five employees, when it comes to organizational charts, it's not that big of a deal because still it's a lot easier to be able to answer everybody's questions and to be there for everybody. But as you grow, like this owner did, to now 20 plus employees, now there's a a big problem. And... A couple examples of those problems. For example, the assembly manager who was hired right near the beginning. And always at the assembly manager always directly reported to the owner. And now this assembly manager essentially refuses 
to answer to the production manager, and the production manager was hired a couple years after the assembly manager, and the production manager was hired because it, the company got to a size where the owner realized he needed somebody to oversee everything, and the assembly manager wasn't that person, but the owner never communicated to the assembly manager, this production manager is now your boss. And the owner made it worse by essentially enabling the situation by allowing the assembly manager to continue to come to the owner with his problems, with his issues, instead of saying, you need to report directly to the production manager with these things, with these problems, and not me. And of course, also, the owner never put an organizational chart together to communicate how it's all going to work. Because you hate the pain. You don't want the pain. You don't want to make people feel bad when they're now changed, when the situation is now changed because it appears as if, for some reason, you are not treating those people the same way. But by doing that, by not being just upfront with your employees and telling them this is how it's going to work and this is why we're doing it this way. We're growing. It's impossible for me to answer to everybody. There's a lot of inefficiencies. Instead of saying all those things, instead of just creating that organizational chart, the entrepreneur just stays quiet. And that creates a lot of problems. And if you create an organizational chart, that can save a lot of trouble, a lot of energy for the important stuff in the business, like selling. Another, another example of the dysfunction is that the owner now realizes he needs to hire a COO for the company. But the accounting manager, who has been there just about the whole time, since the first day, essentially, that the company existed is flat out refusing to consider to work for a COO and he feels he deserves to be the COO even though he is not qualified. So that's a problem too. And that's going to be a bigger issue because this accounting manager plays a a very important role. And again, a lot of this has to do with the lack of communication and not having the tools in place, the job descriptions, the organizational charts, things like that, which could play a big role in helping prevent these situations. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm busy. I don't have time to set up job descriptions for everybody, even though I don't have them even though that's part of the reason why I'm stuck on Entrepreneur's Island right now. And I don't have time to set up an organizational chart. But I have an answer for you. I know a way to save a whole lot of time for you, but get that accomplished. The first thing you do when you get to work today, you tell all of your employees, ask all of your employees to create a job description. Give them a week. Give them a week, give them two weeks, whatever, to create their own job description. And when they're done, I guarantee it'll be 80 to 95% correct. And all you have to do is review it, edit it, 
and then sit down and have a conversation with them about it. Just communicate. Just talk to them about it. You'd be amazed at what kind of ideas, topics, uh, issues come up. And then the next thing you want to do is on a blank piece of paper, write on the top, organizational chart. Put your name at the top. And then underneath your name, a line, and then underneath that, the lead manager that you have. Whoever that person is in your mind. Whoever that person is. And then take that piece of paper and give it to that lead manager and say, this is the beginning of our organizational chart. We need to create this. Could you please put this on a computer and finish this for me? I need you to put this together. And then when that lead manager brings it back, you edit it, and then you share it with the company. And then, boom, you have job descriptions done, you have an organizational chart, you have the beginning of better communication for the whole company. Give it a try today. It'll help you get off Entrepreneur's Island. I recently read the book The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker, A-C-H-O-R, and I highly recommend it. It was a very good book. I couldn't put it down. A couple of uh, important learnings that I took from it that I thought you'd be interested in. First was the Losada line. After a decade of research, psychologist Marshall Losada discovered that to make a corporate team successful, it was important to have a 3-to-1 positive-to-negative interaction ratio. In other words, it took three positive interactions with a person to negate one negative interaction. Three positive interactions to every one negative interaction. Furthermore, he discovered that the most optimal productive team had a positive to negative interaction ratio of 6 to 1. 6 to 1. How many of you are giving a 6 to 1 positive to negative interaction ratio? I know I'm not, and I read the book. And I'm trying. I really I really am trying. It's important to give as many positive interactions as you can. It's important. Now you may be thinking, I don't do I don't have a three to one ratio, I don't have a six to one ratio, but at least I'm not negative. But you gotta recognize that if the only time you're focusing on your employees is when there's something wrong, an issue, or something like that, and you may think, well, I'm not negative, I'm not angry, I'm not upset. I just ask the question, you know, what's wrong here? 
if that's the only type of interaction that you're doing, or you rarely give a positive comment, then believe me, your employee is going to consider that negative. If the only time you're really truly interacting with your employees is when there's an issue, and even though you think you're being civil, your employee is going to think that's negative. And the problem with that is that you dip below that 3 to 1 ratio and the team's effectiveness drops precipitously. That's what Marcelo Losada discovered. It drops precipitously. And essentially, if you're below the 3 to 1 ratio, then you don't even have a team. That's when the trouble really begins. So every time you have an opportunity to say or interact positively, you need to do it. And if you're not doing it right now, get started today. Don't be afraid to be positive. Your employees crave it. They crave it. They want to please you. And you'll notice a change almost immediately. Give them what they need, and they'll give you and your company what it needs. second topic that I wanted to share with you was in regards to the author's role as happiness expert. Basically, he gets hired by large corporations throughout the world to work with their employees to be happier. He mentions that he tends to get a considerable amount of business from law and accounting firms, and he shared an example with some tax accountants he recently worked with. He explained that the tax accountants spend most of their working hours finding errors in tax returns. Over time, they rewire their brain to find these errors. They essentially become experts in finding errors in tax returns. But what these tax accountants don't realize is that their brain is being rewired and doesn't turn off when they leave the workplace. So they begin to see errors in every part of their lives, including relationships, friendships, any encounters they may have with strangers, they begin to sound and act very negative. And people pick up on that. And of course, people don't want to be around that. So these tax accountants become sad. He then mentioned how he helps these individuals essentially retrain their brain so they can stop thinking negatively, so they can turn off looking for errors after they leave the workplace. And he shares a very simple technique. What he says to them is to write down three things that they're thankful for every day. Make the habit of writing down three things that you're thankful for every day. So I read this, and I thought, you know what? I could use this too. 
So I decided I'm going to make the habit of writing down three things I'm thankful for every day. And my first thought that came to mind was, I am confident that I am going to repeat what I'm thankful for by the third day. But the strangest thing happens is that when you have that in the back of your mind, that, oh, I'm going to write three more things down tomorrow that I'm thankful for, you start seeing the most simple items as items to be thankful for. And some of the examples that I have are the beauty of a tree, air conditioning on a hot day, or a beautiful sunrise during an early morning run. The second thought I had was, now that I've got a habit down of writing three things that I'm thankful for, how do I measure, how do I determine if I'm in fact any happier or more positive. And I got my answer not too long after that thought. When I was on a date with my wife, we were heading for a show, and I was on the throughway, and I was looking to make an exit. It was a two-lane exit. I had a a truck driver in an 18-wheeler on the inside of the exit lane, and I was on the outside of the two-lane exit. And for some reason, that truck driver wanted to get into my lane. And so next thing I know, this truck driver is going into my lane and I have two choices, either stay in my lane and get crushed or get off the exit and miss my exit and keep going down the throughway, which is what I did. As I did that, I happened happened to have the opportunity to look at that truck driver who was looking at me with the most angry face and with his middle finger up. And my first thought was, it is great that I have 20-20 vision that I can see that finger so clearly. That was the first thought that came to my mind. And then the second thought was, wow, this thankful list is really, really working. So there you go. It worked for me. It can work for you too. I didn't have road rage that night. It didn't ruin my evening with my wife. In fact, it was a very nice evening. And in the past, I know it would have. Give it a try. Create the habit of being thankful. Let it help you become more positive and happier. And then use that new attitude, that new positive attitude. Bring it to work. And increase your positive to negative interactions with your team. Stay above the Losada line. Work towards a 6 to 1 ratio and have the highest performing team that you've ever had for your company. Start today. Okay, I received an email from Deborah, and she's a business owner, an entrepreneur, and was hoping to get off of Entrepreneur's Island. 
She has two kids in her business, and she feels that she's stunting their growth by allowing them to work there. One of her kids runs a division that has never made money over the past six years that the, the child was running the, the, the division. The younger of the two doesn't have a role or experience, but is working there and getting paid and just kind of filling in here and there. She feels they both take advantage of the situation, coming in late, leaving early, acting as if they own the place. And she's concerned about how that's affecting the employees. She's noticing a change in the employees' attitudes. And also that um, perhaps she's feeling that they're not taking her as seriously. Her older child just got married, the one who's running the division, just got married, has a has has a child on the way, and the younger child gets free rent at her house, at one of the houses she owns. And as time goes on, she's realizing that it's getting more complicated. She knows she's enabling, she admits it, but she's a parent, and she's a parent. It's as simple as that, and, and so she's been on Entrepreneur's Island for a long time. But now she wants to get off. She wants your help. So I'm asking you, what would you do? Or what have you done in a situation like that? Family, businesses are complicated. I think we can all agree to that. They are complicated. And hopefully somebody out there who's listening to this has had certain experiences. What have you done? We want to know. I want to know for a future podcast. But please send me a reply so that we can get back to Deborah on a future podcast. You can send a response to you're the expert now at gmail.com. You're, Y-O-U-R-E-T-H-E-E-X-P-E-R-T-N-O-W.com or at gmail.com. Or you could leave your message at this podcast. And then we'll use that in a future podcast. Let's help Deborah get off Entrepreneur's Island.